0: I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington.
1: Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives.
0: We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally.
1: We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey.
0: With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness, being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019 you're listening to the ordinary to extraordinary podcast I'll push my mic closer. Welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary today. Ben and I were just figuring out some golf lessons that we're going to do together to try and get better. Absolutely. And I am writing down my fifth book, which (laughs) will have the most interesting story that goes with it, actually. Yeah. So Ben and I actually got an idea from one of our mutual friends who mentioned that we often refer to books and quotes and where we get inspiration from, but we never really make recommendations, so to speak. So We don't. Um, we don't
1: talk about that stuff much, actually.
0: No. I mean, I do. I mean, I'm always quoting people. Why? Oh, seriously, you're going to make those gestures? Are just talking about how awesome you are? I do. Did you really just call me a wanker? You are a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call you one. You are one. Yeah. It's, okay. Stop speaking so low because you modulate the microphones, Benny Boo. And modulate. Um, you modulate the microphone. modulate the microphones. Yeah, so today we're going to do a little bit accountability, I guess. We'll talk a little bit in general like we always do. But then we uh, made a list, each of us made a list about the books that appeal to us and have shaped how we do things. So, yeah, you guys might get something from it. You might not. <laughs> you, might, you might not. If nothing else, you'll probably get a laugh thinking these guys are idiots. Yeah, you're probably going to think, I read that book and it sucked. Or I read that book and I thought the author was a bad And you know what? Word. That already happened once and we haven't even started recording when
1: Stephen doesn't like one of my books.
0: <clears throat> yeah. We will, t- we will talk about that, actually. <laughs> so...
1: So each of us have five books that we're going to introduce today and talk a little bit about what they mean to us, maybe, and then, uh, <laughs> of course, Stephen's just telling me he has six or seven books.
0: Cause Actually, there's a seventh getting added just because I know you're going to add an extra one. I'm not going to mm. add an extra one.
1: I yeah. All right. You guys, you see what I deal with here? Like, we try to like be professional. We try to have our stuff together. I said stuff. And then Stephen goes and screws it all up. This weekend, I was at a derby party, by the way, and I ran into somebody who knows us, and he comes up to me. He goes, hey, do you know Stephen? And I'm like, I I don't know who's asking. Like, for one, what's Stephen? He's like, Stephen Brown. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know Stephen. He's like, are you the guy that does the podcast with him? He's like, I recognize your voice. (laughs)
0: Write down his name. Uh, I want to know who it was. (laughs) (laughs)
1: We're writing down names now. I can't remember the first name. So he listens.
0: Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it was Nate. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, and he's like, "I recognize your 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 voice." And I'm like, "Yeah, so it's
1: really funny." Okay. There you
0: I go. referenced Nate a few weeks ago when I mentioned that I basically had a heart to heart with a guy who said that he was jealous because we did this and oh, was that him? Um, yeah, that was Nate. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. Okay. So, but great yeah. guy. Good. Guy. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, I saw so, there was someone else I yeah, don't got at that the, party as well. Got to drink
1: some mint juleps this weekend. Yeah,
0: who else was at that party? Which party? Um, the last I person went to t- I went to two Kentucky Derby. The parties. The last person you tried to set me up with. Yeah, that was did s- that, so well. that was the second Derby.
1: <laughs> the second Kentucky Derby party I went to this weekend. Yeah, Nate was at the first Kentucky Derby
0: party. Um. And she seemed nice enough, I guess, at first.
1: This was a weekend of Kentucky Derby parties and birthdays. So thank God the sun was shining; it was a beautiful weekend. It's about time, man. If Spokane was like this, if it just hovered around 70 to 85 year-round, I would be, I mean, it'd be paradise. What'd you do this weekend?
0: I did a whole lot of nothing, really. Um, let's see, Friday night. What did I do Friday night? <laughs> this is bad. Oh, I know what I did Friday night. I went and had a glass of wine with Isaac at Left Bank Wine Bar, which we still need to actually set a date by the way. I like that too, yeah. Um, so much for our accountability. But we'll get on it. So I went and had a glass of wine with him and ended up at a karaoke bar, which isn't a strange thing to do. To go to Monterey? Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sang a little bit, didn't drink much, got home early. Saturday was, went to the gym. And then Saturday night, I got another bet paid for. Brian, I, I saw you buy a burger. Yeah, he, Well, he bought me a pint of Guinness this week. We bet a beer on it. So oh, nice. every week it kind of changes. Sometimes it's a cheeseburger, sometimes it's a steak. But yeah, I won again. Back to the winning ways. I've only lost to him like three times the whole season, and there's 38 weeks, and this week's the last week. So So he's going to be happy to be done with it for a while. He should be, yeah, because I'm just better at, it. I'm <laughs> better at it than him. I said that back in What is in it? Uh, fantasy soccer. Okay. And then Sunday, I uh, did some boring stuff. I don't really want to talk about it except watch Game of Thrones and then grocery shopping. and hmm. Yeah. Sounds really exciting. So my weekend was how a weekend's supposed to be, actually. Fairly low-key. I guess so. Which is good. Yeah. I enjoyed it.
1: On Sunday, Lauren ended up running Bloomsday. So Weston and I were, were hanging out together and we went to the car show. He's walking around at every dog he sees. He goes, woo woo. Woo, woo. That's just how he says woof, mm-hmm. and then ka
0: ka ka car every car we're walking past yeah and I was like good boy did you spend buy any money cars. on cars I did not buy any cars so I also spent money on a pair
1: of Jordans on Maybe. Saturday yeah I think even your Jordans as expensive as they are it's still cheaper than any <laughs> cars I'm gonna
0: buy yeah well when you pointed out that I had a problem that's why I responded with that like yeah dude like how much do you spend on your cars yeah. <laughs> if you didn't see it if you don't follow us on social media we actually I'm kind of toying with the idea of having a concept for a, a future podcast so i asked on social media what you spend the most disposable income on so for me it's nike not just shoes but gear for ben it's cars he spends well maybe you don't spend as much like regularly but you definitely and have i don't some buy toys.
1: expensive yeah, expensive cars yeah, yeah you a have
0: a couple of cars and you have toys cheap. and um and some other people said food and eating out and some people said cigarettes which I wasn't expecting from any of our listeners and i think one of the other ones was um kids someone said they spend most of their disposable income (laughs) on their kids so we shared some of those and i really do hmm. want to kind of do a a topic on that sort of think about different generations and how it's it's different so we're We're always we're going to write that down yeah we're always looking for different concepts and we're playing around with social media, seeing what gets the most engagement, whether it be stories or posts or interaction on other people's How would posts. somebody go
1: about liking us if they don't already, Stephen? How would they follow us? Oh, on what mediums You can they search for Ordinary
0: on? to Extraordinary or just oh. type our username, which is O2e Journey.
1: Oh, wow. That's magical. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. That's magical. Should we get into the books? Let's get this book thing going. Sure. How do you I'm want to do? It? Do you want to
0: go one and one? Do you want to go your list, my list? How do you want to let's do? Let's go it?
1: one and one. We'll alternate.
0: All right. Sounds good to me. You do go it. first. On the spot. Oh, oh my. I'm first. Okay. Well. So let's let's. Oh, frame now you're going to talk. Better. You
1: say you go first, and then no, you're going to say let's
0: let's <laughs> frame it a little bit better than we have. So these are books that have for one we don't want to be all dramatic, but might have changed their lives, changed our mindset, yeah. brought us to a different impacted place us mentally. in some way. Yeah, impactful. There you go. Yeah, they have impacted us in one way or another, especially because one of my books, you're going to laugh so hard when I tell you what it is. Yeah, one of mine is going to catch some people off guard and they're going to think I'm an asshole until they actually read it.
1: And you know what's kind of funny? is Some of mine, it's like I haven't read in, I mean, years since high school, honestly, some of them. And I guess, I mean, I don't know if we want to say this. It's like you're going to notice like, oh, well, neither of them said the Bible, I'm going to guess, unless you have the Bible down there. But I think that's pretty obvious, book that is important to both of us. If you haven't like paid any attention to the podcast whatsoever, you know we're both Christian or Catholic, so uh, Bible is kind of obviously foundational. Did you say Christian or Catholic? <laughs> we're not going to get into this right now. We're not going to get into breaking down that. Okay? Uh,
0: that's we're not going to
1: get into that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> okay, so my first book is actually a book that I first read in high school, and then I think it was given to me by my dad, if I'm not mistaken, when I took an interest kind of in business and salesmanship pretty early on. He goes, Hey, here's a really famous book, basically, you got to read. And I'm sure anybody who has ever gotten to business or sales or anything has read this book. And it was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And then uh, I ended up reading it later on, actually. Uh, how to Win Friends and Influence People in the Technological Age, which was interesting, too. the Kind of a redone version of it. But, uh, God, I think I was, honestly, I think it was like in fifth grade when I first read this book. And uh, I was a weird kid. Remember, I did DECA instead of playing sports in, in high school, so I'm something's wrong with me. Steven's looking at me in a really awkward way right now. <laughs> but uh, some of the concepts that I really remember from that book as a kid is like, man, is, is that that idea of salesmanship and Not so much turning on your charm, but I guess learning how to turn on your charm and when it's appropriate to do so, but also kind of being who you are and attracting a crowd of people that uh, kind of relates to that too and and finds, I guess, value in that,
0: if you will. I, uh, I, I wasn't looking at you weird. I was doing two things. I was trying not to interrupt and I was kind of trying not to giggle at the, I mean, it's a great book. It really is. I think it hasn't aged well, even though there's been multiple um, incarnations of it. Yeah, it's uh, but definitely worth a read, and it gives you an but, idea into how.
1: I mean, you can if you can read, you can understand the concepts, and you yeah. can you can make them apply in today's day and age.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but, but great book. And to your point, anybody in any kind of business or entrepreneurship or leadership role should probably read it. And yeah. able to take some of the concepts and apply it and and be successful it's one of those
1: foundational books if someone's going to hand you a stack of books and you're first getting into business and they're going to say read these 10 books
0: that one's going to be in there yeah on a different level i guess i'll go with my first book simon sinek or cynic however you want to say it he's one of today's thought leaders Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. very very great i mean he's got a ted talk he talks about millennials. He talks about phones. He talks about uh, essentially the phrase that I keep using: "Be present. Be where your feet are." Kind of came from something he said, um, but the book is "Start with Why," and I don't know if you've read it. I have. It's. Up it was there. a good book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely game changer for me. In that sometimes you can be really successful but not know what you're being successful for, mm-hmm. and it really—it's not necessarily goal setting. It more tells you to look backwards like look behind you is it your family is it yeah what's the value is it financial freedom is it that you want to do accomplish certain things in leadership but find out your why and it's funny because when i look at this list that i've got in front of me a lot of the books are very similar in that they give you little case studies so it's like a chapter or two Mm, talking about steve jobs a chapter or two talking about rice paddies and what it takes to to make that oh, sorry that's Malcolm Gladwell and we'll yeah. get to that later but through all these books it's short focused studies on certain concepts and people and then it moves on to somebody else and gives a so yeah start with why if you haven't read it I just recommended this to a couple of people last week who were kind of not necessarily floundering but sort of saying you know like I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next so Interesting. this okay. is a good one to start with I just got a notification on my phone where I've got notes on these books that <laughs> Two pairs of shoes are going to be delivered tomorrow. Oh, jeez. So
1: my next book actually would be, so I've had two kind of business coaches throughout my eight years in finance right now. One of them was through Southwestern Consulting, and uh, I might not get all of the names 100% accurate, but the business coach I had through Southwestern Consulting, his boss, one of the founders, whatever, his name is Rory Vaden, and it's kind of funny because uh, one of the guys we just interviewed, Tyler Dickerhoof, actually just had a post about this last week, this book, and I messaged him, like, I love that book. Like I can't believe you're going. He goes, well, I'll tell Rory hi for you tomorrow. I'm like, you're such a, yeah, he was a foundation thing. But it. so the book is actually called take the stairs. And really the entire concept of the book is in that title, which is one of the reasons why I like it a lot too, because it's the idea of not always taking the easiest road or the ease or the easiest way to get to your goals. Right. But sometimes taking the way that's going to teach you the most and, and build you into being a stronger and better person. And, uh, that that book actually is kind of funny. From that point forward, I literally started taking stairs everywhere I went to. If like if it was just a couple floors up or a couple floors down, I would literally start taking the stairs. And what was interesting for me when reading that book is, I always felt in life that I always took a path like the path of the path of uh, most resistance versus least resistance and I never knew why it was kind of one of those things where I'm just like why the heck do I always need to try and make this about like the most difficult way to get to my goal you know but then I realized after reading that book a little bit it's like yeah but that's really made you who you are right I think that's made you the person that wants to push through when difficult times come and and to to take a harder path that most people aren't which ultimately you know leads to greater success right
0: mm-hmm Absolutely. What do you think overall, the main thing you took away from it concept wise, like other than just the, the hard, you know, take the path of least resistance in, in some cases? I think uh, I think it's like
1: I said, right? It's it's It was eye opening for me because it helped me realize, you know, hey, these things that you've always been doing, it's not so much the concepts of the book as much as what it made me realize about myself. And that was... That, you know, you've always done it this way, whether or not you knew it or not. But now you can see it's like, no, these are, these are positive traits. These aren't negative traits about you. These are things that really make you who you are and make you successful ultimately. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't necessarily as much the concepts of the book, though. I thought the book was really, really well written. And I actually gave this book to my dad. And then he went and bought a bunch of copies for everybody on their team at Klun Hosmer. So then everybody <laughs> ended
0: up getting the book. Nice. Their entire team did as well. I, I like that. So there's 14 books or whatever. That your experience kind, and your recommendation influenced others to a positive state, which is great. Yeah, no, it was. It's been a good one. Yeah, we often joke that we have to put an e on our um, on our podcast <laughs> for explicit language. So this Oopsies. next book, this next book is absolutely gonna put an E on it because it's called Unfuck Yourself. And <laughs> it's it's by Gary John Bishop. The reason I've got this on my list, and it's funny, one of my friends reached out to me because she was listening to it and she said, Oh my god, this is just like listening to you. She's like, he sounds like you, he says things like you, and sometimes I think you just need affirmation that the way you are and some of the thoughts you have are, are true and real and totally inv- it's invaluable, like I was saying right? the last one. Yeah. This book, and I'm gonna say it again, Unfuck Yourself by Gary John Bishop. He's a Scotsman that's been in the States for a long time. If you've ever heard of the Landmark um, organization. Yeah, I have. He's, kind of like coaching, he's find yourself organization. Yeah, one of the founders of that. So he does a lot of professional coaching. Um, not something I was ever into. I do know people locally that got involved, lost yeah. tons of weight, had super, actually, you probably were probably thinking the same person. Um, one of them. Runs a marketing agency locally and has been super successful. Yep. That's the one. So she's had tremendous success and she has a one on one relationship with the guy. But the book is Tough Love in a Book. So I listen to it. What I tend to do is I'll buy books in Audible, listen to them, and then I'll buy the hardback copy so that I have it as well. The reference, that's I'll cool. also quite often buy two or three books and give them to people yeah, as gifts yeah. here and there, and I write inscriptions and things in them. I just think books are amazing gifts at times. But yeah, so the, the concepts here are basically that don't feel sorry for yourself. You control everything, right? Yeah. And when shitty things happen to you, you can sit back and be a victim of circumstance or use the circumstances to propel you on to bigger, better, stronger, faster, whatever it is. Sorry. I just tasted my lunch again. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. But it's it's real as even though the um the title is explicit there are some bad words in it but it's absolutely That's applicable naughty. and the guy really does hammer home basically that yeah you, you someone treated you bad in a relationship before Wake the heck up! You don't get to come in with kitty gloves every time and have people treat you differently. You come in with a fresh slate, and same in business. Yeah. Just because it didn't work out once, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, get on with it. Well, I think the quicker you are able to realize that and to get over it, right? It's like the people who who
1: get over the the nose or the lost clients or any of those types of things quicker and go and find new ones. I mean, they're more successful, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting Absolutely. there dwelling about it, it's like, oh, I lost a client.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, Gary John Bishop, check him out. He's actually really good on social media. He's got some videos, YouTube videos as well, if you're more into newer media than you are. He's Scottish, you said? He is Scottish. He sounds, it's funny, people say he sounds just like me, and I don't think so at all. He has, he's been here 20 years longer than me as well, I just our naive American type thing. Um, But I think he definitely sounds much more Americanized than me. It's kind of, it's awkward, his accent, like, He doesn't sound like he's from the same town as me, which he is. Oh, interesting. Same town. Yep.
1: Okay. My third book, which Stephen is really excited about. He's (laughs) already got a smug look on his face. I had to tell you the name of the author. I know. (laughs) I remember the book. I don't remember the authors, okay? That's like, I could sing the entire song, but I couldn't tell you who sung it originally, who who wrote it or whatever. So it's like, I'm just bad with names. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I'm bad with names. Uh, I've read this book multiple times now, actually, and I'll tell you what it is. It's Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, and I'm looking at Stephen, and he's already got that. He's still got
0: that smug look on his face, and I can't it's not stand smug. it. Smug. Why do you project all these negative? What is that look on, on your face then? It's I can't wait to talk about it. Oh God.
1: So the Four Hour Work Week, and I think one of the reasons I really like that is one, it's just. I, what i got from it more so was kind of what steven mentioned with his last one it's, it was the simon Senek one was like finding value uh investing into the things that really care about you and having the time to do that and uh so uh, i mean for me that's really what that one was about more so was like hey that idea of working four hours a week was not necessarily because they didn't want to work anymore four hours a week but that they wanted to spend time doing things that they were enjoyed doing right it's like so you could enjoy doing your job and I think most of it was just living with intentionality is kind of what I got out of that book, too, is, is, is really living with intentionality and finding value in the things that you do. And, I mean, th- th- at the end of the day, right, that's what all of us want. So, and then simplification. I got a lot of things out of that book, too, from automation of processes, learning to get rid of the things that are non-revenue producing to me, the things that really don't give me the best ROI, and, and outsourcing those. And so some of those concepts that I, and this was a book I also read. I mean, I read this, uh, first time I read this was probably in college, the 4-Hour mm-hmm. week. And then I read it again in the last few years. Really outsourcing the non-ROI or the low ROI things, finding value in what you do, and then just being truly intentional in the time that you have. But yeah. 4-Hour work week, Tim Ferriss.
0: Good book in context of the message that it gives. How many pages do you think it is? Oh, it's a big print or something. It's probably you
1: mean like if you were just to bring it down and what into text it's, or it's what? It's
0: long. I mean, it's a long book. Would you agree with that? I found it pretty easy to read, though. I didn't think it was that long. How many pages is it? I don't know. Let's find um, out. If only we had a Google device. But here's here's what I'm going to put out there about Tim Ferriss, and it's the same with his podcast. The guy's hyper successful. He gets amazing, amazing guests on his podcast. He had LeBron James and LeBron James's trainer on. That's something that should hold my attention for days and days on end. Yeah, you'd be all over that, wouldn't you? I was bored after 20 minutes. And the reason reason I get bored is that Tim Ferriss spends too much time talking about himself and he asks questions that are 10 minutes long and he answers his question in that 10 minutes, tells half a story and then basically asks the guest to pick it up. He (laughs) over-researches and I feel like the books can be I'm half the length. I'm going to tag him in this so he can <laughs> come you in. You should. I think his books can be half the length. He admits to it. The oh. books can be half the length, get the same message across. And from an essentialism standpoint, which is one of the books I was going to mention but didn't by Greg McKeown, by the way. Um, <laughs> but you just did? It's n- it's not on my list, but it's one of <laughs> oh, my favorites. But, okay. He basically says, cut out the shit that you don't need. Yeah. You know, be... What you need to focus on, similar concept to what you just said Tim Ferriss has, but he doesn't apply it in his books or his podcasts. 308 pages, by the way. But yeah, what's that? 308 pages. Yeah. I'd be intrigued how many words that is compared to other books, but it just always seems long winded to me. So yeah. And obviously it's a very popular book. A lot of people have read it. A lot of people like it, but no, yeah, I like it. So I've mentioned this one multiple times. I get a lot from it just in the sales realm, but my third book is the best damn sales book ever. By Warren Gracious, Great stories. Again, it's lots of little stories and concepts that he he brings up and then adapts and, and pushes forward into different kinds of arenas. Uh, the main focus being that regardless of whether you're selling or servicing or anything, you should be a trusted advisor as opposed to a salesperson or mm. a point of contact. So it's be good at what you're good at, be a trusted advisor, have other COIs and, totally. you know... Be more than just the person that sold something or the person that services something. Be someone that can be relied upon for other things too. I remember as a young kid, one of the concepts that uh, one of my mentors gave to me,
1: I was college age at this point too, and the guy had been part of founding a few different funds locally and a couple of different businesses and made a lot of money doing it. And uh, he told me, he's like, basically, you want to be the person that is like the axis between everybody else. Almost like you're the person you want to put yourself out there as the person that everybody comes to. Steven comes to me when he needs to know someone that's going to rotate his tires. Right. And, you know, Nate, who we talked about, is going to come to me when he needs to know someone who's a mortgage lender. And uh, so you want to be the connector. You want to be that hub, Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, and that's great because you get to filter the business, right? You get to
0: reward those that are good to you, and you, if you are able to, can do it yourself. So this concept—I've got the author, but it's a different book. If you've never read *The Tipping Point* by Malcolm Gladwell, that's that's another one one that has that exact concept in it. He talks about early adopters, outliers too. Yeah, well, that's on my list. Oh, is it? Way to
1: steal a thing. Well, you have six, so you deserve it. Seven. I love... Why don't you
0: just talk about that one since we brought it up now? I mean... Which one? Outliers. Oh, yeah. The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. I enjoy Malcolm Gladwell's books. I liked it, too. Um, The Outliers is really good. The Tipping Point, Blink, which is another one, but the reason The Outliers is my favorite, and this is misquoted a lot, but everybody knows the 10,000-hour rule, Mm -hmm. and the 10,000-hour rule loosely is that to master anything to be a master, you have to do 10,000 hours, now, there's lots of things that we do for 10,000 hours that we never truly master. It has, it kind of expands the concepts of, you know, being focused, being intentional, and sort of like violin virtuosos and what they have to put in. One of the favourite things that I uh, I got from it was that I think a lot of people don't realise that Bill Gates has never invented any proprietary system mm-hmm. or anything. But he's made a lot of money off other people. He actually tried at one point to, uh, I believe, patent binary code and got told oh. to jog on. But Bill Gates is an exceptional programmer and coder. And the reason he was an exceptional program and coder and able to be so far ahead of the game in the 80s as the computing world was developing was he had access to a programming terminal through connections with his parents and stuff that everyday people didn't have we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth a computer that basically took up an entire room and he was programming on that with access to it for thousands and thousands of hours before anybody else even had something remotely similar to it. So when it came to computers being more accessible to Mm -hmm. normal people, he was light years ahead of everybody and obviously developed Microsoft, and the rest is history. He's one of the richest men on earth. So it kind of shows that sometimes it's viewed as crazy, but when people truly apply themselves to a craft... Crazy beautiful. Yeah, when they truly apply themselves to a craft you can usually trace it back to they're so good at that because it's yeah. rarely just a gift from God. Totally. Yeah. Or if you believe in something else, rarely just something that you're born into, it's usually because you've applied it. And mm-hmm. the, amazing read. Cool. If, if you yeah, haven't.
1: It is a good book. I That's actually the only Malcolm Gladwell book that I've read is Outliers. I know people are like, oh, oh, that should be in that stack of 10 that you were talking about, Ben. Yeah. I'm sure Tyler's going to like... <laughs> Send me all of the books now. If he, <laughs> if he actually listens to our podcast, if he listens. Yeah, I
0: haven't seen him for a while. By the way, he's been all over the place.
1: They've been traveling all over. But yeah, so, my fourth book uh, is "Rich Dad Poor Dad" by Robert Kiyosaki. I have read that book multiple times now, uh, which is kind of funny because I am very much in the the market, and they are very much a real estate book. I mean, ninety nine percent of what they preach mm-hmm. in that book is real estate. Yeah, but a lot of the concepts, just like. Um, uh, four hour work week, and a lot of the other books I've actually mentioned, a lot of the concepts, even how to win friends and influence people, which you said kind of alluded to, might be a little archaic. Mm-hmm. But the concepts that you can take out of that book, and one of them that really resonated with me, uh, I remember reading is he was talking about how he had a boat and he was trying to find a place to keep his boat. And if, if you have a boat and you moor it, you know that uh, dock fees can be god awful expensive for one season, you know, thousands of dollars just for one season at the lake to have your boat up there and uh so his his idea was man i should just buy this waterfront place and so i should just buy a waterfront house and then i'll rent it out and it'll pay for itself and i can keep my boat at the dock and i'll just keep the rights to the dock (laughs) and that concept really stuck with me right and it's kind of a way that i i know people will think like well that seems over the top and extravagant just to have a boat at the dock right so you might as well just go pay a few thousand dollars to, to keep your boat every season at the dock. But in, in that situation, and granted there's things where well, I don't have the down payment to buy a house, you know, a waterfront house. And yeah, that, all that aside, but the concept itself is buy a waterfront house, rent it out, get it to pay for itself, get the dock for free. And to me, I was just like, "That is so great and creative. I want to do that." And so, when I'm able, obviously, or when I am brave enough to do so, those are the types of things that I try to apply in life too, and in mm-hmm. investments. Uh, is how can I get, how can I get, uh, you know, something to pay for something else that I want to yeah. and justify it instead of instead of uh, just going out and, and paying for it? Can I get something that's revenue producing? I invest that you know twenty five thousand into a rental property that's gonna give me the income to go and pay down the debt maybe that I could get on a new truck or something like that. Yeah. So
0: well it's funny, another book that didn't make my list would be angry at that book for really the whole concept of using leverage to pay for stuff. I know. Oh, it's a not Dave Ramsey called. book. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. And I, mean, I like Dave Ramsey, okay? I'll put that out there. But I think for one, he wrote that book during the tech podcast. I think because his like numbers in terms of what he expects from market assumption like his market assumption is market returns.
0: Yeah, when he talks 12% bogus, But bogus. if you look at the last 20 years in the S&P 500, the average return is 8% Yeah,
1: but somebody in their 80s isn't invested in the
0: S&P 500. I understand this. I'm know. just
1: pointing and out that When he talks about you should easily be able to retire off of a million dollars a 100,000 a year. You get like you're doing a 10% withdrawal rate off of your million dollars
0: like Dave, Dave. No, it Dave. depends on your on your spending habits and your lifestyle like he, he does preach a simple lifestyle or but
1: 100,000 isn't too simple if you yeah. only got a million bucks. Hey,
0: I left this book off cuz I knew we'd get into it, <laughs> it, it. I just wanted to bring it up that it would dispel some of that. <laughs> I actually so when, hey, when you was, were talked about mine, I get to t- <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. When I sat down when I sat down and write these I realized that dear god, there's a lot of books that Have impacted my life and my thought process, and
1: well, as you start talking about them, more come to mind.
0: And then you, um, well, even looking through my Audible library and just looking at the bookshelves, that I mean, like I said, I buy hard copies, and Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, it's hard to leave some of them off, but I guess I'll still mention some of them. So I'll go with my number six. Sorry. Oh, and sorry, number five. Never Split the Difference by Charles Chris Voss. Sorry. So I've heard of this one, but I've not read it. The concept behind this one just appealed to me. So this guy was an FBI negotiator. Oh, you've talked about this. So it's about the art of making a deal, basically. And it comes obviously from making a deal in really super intense situations. Just it gives principles that you can apply. Now, some of it that he mentions NLP, Neurological Linguistic Program, and he mentions different techniques in order to test the water and sort of see what someone's true feelings are and if what they're saying they want is really what they want but again series of small stories and that there's an overarching concept but in order to get the point across he'll be like yeah when i was in berlin in 1986 negotiating you know this and he, he talks about what what their plan was how they executed it and he gives other ones that fail and hmm. why they failed and how they could have approached it differently and techniques and subtle signs that they can pick up on as you're talking to somebody. Interesting. And it's funny because... It's a um, good book for me if you're in sales. Or very business. much so, yeah. yeah. And it's obviously aimed at the business market, but they say that 70 to 80% of communication is non-verbal. Totally. And in... That situation, he's not looking at the people. He might have a video feed to them, but they don't see him. So he's got some real talent. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, sometimes he's negotiating with people that he can't see because they've got people locked in in hostage situations and like really, really intense situations. That's a good point. So when you're trying to negotiate with somebody, but you can't see them, and this is one of the reasons that you and I always say we're better in person, because we can read a situation. We can bounce off each other. You know, last week we met with um, some people out in Coeur d'Alene and We're good at sort of uh, going back and forward and I ask questions, you ask questions, we both listen, we both... But this book, because it takes away that non-verbal element, Mm -hmm. I learned a lot what questions Mm. to ask, how Mm. to ask them, how to basically... That's a good point. ...be in control of a situation without manipulation.
1: The thing is, really, as we move into a more virtual world, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to get better at that, too. We're just the auditory side of it, too, the verbal side. I mean, like I know Tim in my office... Like I don't know. Some people are just gifted with words, right? And then there's others of us that, like myself, that just stumble over words sometimes. Like I need to read you. I don't know which. I'm not picking up your vibe unless I can see you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm definitely have to get better.
0: Well, I know that probably most people, including you, if people are listening to this, you can you can apply what I'm about to say to your everyday life. Have you ever been in an argument, Ben, with somebody because you sent a text message and they think you're implying something that totally. you never even thought of? Yeah, you. It lacks, it lacks context, yeah. right? So that's that non-verbal part. So you can type it and you can put smileys and emojis and all that fun stuff in. But quite often, and think about today's day and age, most of our communication is by email and text. So there's seven. I have two left.
1: Good Lord, dude. You talk a lot. Okay, do another one. No, you t- go. You do your last My one. My last one? Yeah. Do you want to see what my last one is? I can't read your writing. Oh, God, I'm not even a doctor. You can't read my writing. Yeah. But my last book <laughs> this is going to be kind of an interesting book. It has nothing to do with business, actually, whatsoever. Nothing wrong with that. It uh, is actually a book that was my wife's favorite book
0: in high school. Pride and Prejudice, you're you're into all that nonsense.
1: No, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I did watch that movie. I didn't watch, didn't read the book. But the girls in the group, that we were all hanging out, did watch us make us watch Pride and Prejudice and Mister Darcy and all that BS. Sorry, gals, if you had, you actually listened. That's what but, I would have been busy that day. <clears throat> eh? I would have been busy. I'm sick. Yeah. Well, they do. It. It's like we're all hanging out, you know, having fun. They're like, let's watch a movie. You're like, yeah, sweet, that sounds good. Let's watch a movie, Pride and Prejudice. And you're like, oh shoot me but so the book that i read i actually i said it was my wife's favorite book in high school i was actually this would have been between uh would have probably been my senior year of high school basically that i read this book and i read it because i knew lauren liked it and we weren't actually dating at this point yet so it was almost as like reconnaissance and doing a little background you know like Behind the scenes, trying to figure out what this girl is, who she's like, what or what she's about, who she is, and uh, so the book is called actually "Redeeming Love," and I had to ask her what the name of the book was too, by Francine Rivers. So it doesn't even get better. The name of the author is even better. So I read this book called "Redeeming Love" <clears throat> by Francine Rivers on the back of a boat while I was on vacation in a week's time frame. I'm trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> I know. That's why I said you're going to laugh. And if you saw the cover, Stephen, it's even worse. I'll show you the cover. Here's the cover. It's a girl in a scarlet dress, basically. I'm reading this book. People are going to be walking by. I'm laying on the back of the boat. And it's this girl in a scarlet, like, 1920s gown. (laughs) And it's set in the 1850s gold rush in California. But it's actually based on, I'm reading this, the book of Isaiah from the Bible, okay? God's redeeming love towards sinners. But it's based off of a man and a woman in the in the in the book. And so it was Lauren's favorite book. And so I can't tell you though how impressed she was with me after I, I read this Redeeming Love book in a week when I was out at the lake on vacation. We've all done things to impress girls that we're not proud of. And you know what? I am proud of it. Because I, she said yes and I got married and now I have a kid with her. So But you had to endure out. that book. You know what, buddy? (laughs) There's going to be a lot worse things you're going to have to endure in life than reading some sappy book on the back of a
0: boat. (laughs) Yeah, I am definitely judging that book by the cover. (laughs) I I did too. (laughs) Uh,
1: Maybe we'll post a picture of it just to get people. That'll be an Instagram post. Oh,
0: dear God. Uh, So I have two left. Sorry, I, I really did have a hard time narrowing it down to five.
1: Yeah, Stephen doesn't listen to his own rules. He's like, Ben, bring five books, and then I'm going to bring seven on my list, and then I'm going to talk about three more randomly throughout the podcast to bring it to ten.
0: I read a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thought we talked about that. that. was one of the
0: books. <laughs> All right. So The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. D-U-H-I-G. Yeah, like a doohiggy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But another amazing look. And again, lots of short stories to give. Examples and context, and the ability to take what other people have done to be successful. So, one of my favorite stories in that book is about NFL coach. Hmm. Go figure. Coach of the Colts. He was at Tampa Bay first. If you can name this coach, Ben, I will give you $1,000 without looking it up. Was it Tampa Five? He's Before. now... Tampa- no, 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 you didn't put a time yeah. frame on it. To, so it's it's Tony Dungy. I bet you've never oh, even no, heard of Tony no, Dungy. So know. basically... Um, All Tampa- the guys in the office are going to be like, Tony! Tony! Yeah. Tampa Bay won a Super Bowl the year after he left. Ooh, that's nice. Using that's his nice. concepts, using his systems. Ooh. Uh, John Gruden was the coach. A lot of people think John Gruden's an amazing coach, including me. But he basically won the Super Bowl because of the things that tony dungy talked acted and put into place when he was teaching football players he was teaching them what to look for beyond what their main job was like look for signs look for this look for that Mm -hmm. here's the process basically the tampa bay buccaneers got a little tired of him being close but not quite there they fired him they won a super bowl so they could seem justified well guess where he ended up the indianapolis colts with Peyton Manning, and he won a Super Bowl there doing exactly the same thing. They trusted the process, Reggie Wayne, all those famous players. So, How has, uh, was it Tampa, you said Tampa? From Tampa to in How has Tampa done since? Not well. <laughs> since they, So I want to say that that was maybe 2000, early 2000s, they won the Super Bowl. Wow. And really haven't been much since, although they were decent last year. But lots of stuff that was applicable to me and that there was a sporting theme and some other things. So Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And there's other there's other concepts there, not all sports related, but that one just really appealed to me and it kind of shows that when you build habits, good things happen because when something's habitual, it's not... So so we've talked about this, it's not always the easiest to get up and go to the gym. It's not always the easiest to do the things you have to do at work. It's easier sometimes to make an excuse. And he talks about the the neurosis, if you like, or the neurological um, implications of making things habitual instead of whimsical, so to speak. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, and I think you'd really enjoy it as well. Probably. So it's funny, you've written a lot of mine down so that you can... I know, there's a couple. There's two yeah. that I wrote down, yeah. You like the concept of the negotiator, don't you? Oh, yeah. The, Never the supposed the difference. Negotiator. Yeah, it's it's great. So then, so you had one on there that was kind of suspect. Mine's suspect for another reason. This last one. So it's The Game by Neil Strauss. Now, the subheading mm. of this book is Penetrating the Secret World of Pickup Artists, a bunch of geeks who learned how to pick up women. Now, <laughs> I thought it was fiction. I genuinely thought it was a story, and I don't read very many fictional books. So I was like, ah, oh, that's. Getting on an airplane. My buddy actually bought it for me, right? And I told him, I need a book. And he showed up with this from Scotland. I read it cover to cover in maybe three days. And I've read it cover to cover and listened to it probably 20 to 25 times since. Holy moly. And I want to just put this in context, not to pick up women. The concept here is he he was writing books. He shadow wrote Jenna Jameson's autobiography, Marilyn Manson's autobiography, uh, Motley Crue's book. So this guy was a, a writer for Neil Strauss is his name. And he was a writer for Rolling Stone Hmm. and the New York Times. And he could never get laid. He was always a geek. He was hanging out with all the stars. yeah. But VIP backstage parties, everything. Could never get laid. So he decided to try and make himself better to try and pick up women. And the story is that he got better, learned all these techniques to pick up women. There was you're kind of you're like what are you talking about Stephen? um <laughs> like- so he um he learned nlp neurological linguistic programming he never hypnotized anybody but he learned how to hypnotize he learned patterns and how to anchor things and basically how to sell himself hmm. and yeah. there's so many concepts that if you take them away from the the uh arena trying to pick up women that i apply in everyday life confidence looking good trying to dress well trying to you know what people think of you when you walk in a room like i think i'm a pretty commanding presence especially with the accent Um, oh you're
1: acknowledging the accent now
0: you know there's there's certain things that i'm subconsciously aware of because of this book and i come back to regularly like this guy went from not being able to get laid to getting numbers from playboy playmates of the year and things like that and he's not an attractive human so the concept, or sorry, the, the 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 arc of the story is that he gets sick of it, meets a good woman, decides he wants to change his lifestyle back to where he was before, but with all the confidence and everything else. So, hmm. it really is a good read. I, I recommend it, and it's if nothing else, you'll you'll get some really fun stories out of it. Awesome, like so, it. Yeah. Are there? I know you've got another one. There has to be another book for you. Come on. That. Well, now you want to just now now you want me to bring more books to the table. Well, yeah, because. You've talked to me about a book that isn't on your list and I can't think what it is.
1: Well, I've I told you about some of the books that I've read recently, but none of them have had massive impactful, you know, events. Like I just read Colin Powell's book, his autobiography, his most recent book that he put out. It was kinda of blah. Did you read it? Mm-hmm. What, what was I it? I listened called? to it. I forget oh. what it's called, but see I thought it, it was Audible. pretty good and I found it interesting more so just because I like the idea of kind of looking behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and seeing what some of the, like, because, like, historical events a lot of us remember and what were some of the things that happened on the day, you know, in that day in history. So I thought that was pretty cool just from a learning standpoint. Yeah. But, uh, no, honestly, like, there's no, no real books that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm really going to have, again, enjoyed the Simon Sinek one. Enjoyed most of what he puts out, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great.
1: Yeah, start with why and just idea of value. But nothing that, I guess, was revolutionary to me or nothing that really made me feel like or learn something about myself. Like, I look for things that in it that I can learn about myself, you know. And I, I guess, like I said, like that four-hour work week book I read before the Simon Sinek start with why. Mm-hmm. And that is the book that kind of helped me find, like, say, like, hey, you need to find value in what you do and you need to learn to automate uh, automate the things you don't enjoy doing and hire out for those other things that are essential to your job that you might also not enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, but. And I think we could probably do this same concept with podcasts because I know you listen to some, I listen to mm-hmm. some, maybe f- four or five podcasts. That I we actually listen recommend. to the Dave Ramsey Entre Leadership one. The Entre Leadership podcast fantastic. Even that's though I'm giving leader. him a little bit of a hard time. We'd probably have to both agree on that one that would be like it's a, a good podcast yeah very. they got good. a lot of good things
1: and sometimes if you ever hear me go mm, yeah mm, it's because i'm copying the guy who is the the host of that if you ever noticed he's like oh that's good i want you to say that again he sends it in this way that you're just like dude what are you saying You feel
0: dirty after you looking at me and saying that <laughs> you should <laughs> feel dirty Stephen. yeah <laughs> yeah those are those are, those are our nice books that we recommend we'd love to hear from you guys what books do you like? Um, yeah, and I actually well, we really can... enjoy. We have some friends. Uh, Travis Pop is really famous for this, where he just randomly sends stuff like, "This is yeah. great, check it out." Uh, Tyler usually a podcast does that. Adam yeah. Jackson does that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I always appreciate a recommendation for a book or a podcast or mm-hmm. a, yeah. anything but you know youtube videos like joe rogan like I just, I just that guy he talks for 3 hours with people and it just it captivates me i don't have enough time in the day sometimes to to listen to joe rogan and and the people that he has on and
1: Awesome. Well, you guys, this was uh, this will be accountability chat number eight.
0: I don't think we should call it accountability chat. I think we just well, that's call literally it what book you discussion. put it in
1: there or, or a book discussion. We don't have to call yeah. it accountability
0: chat. Who put what? What are you pulling from? I was
1: like, you're, I'm just looking at your thing, your accountability chat. You forgot to label this one. I
0: didn't put a number on it because I feel like we're just doing it regularly now. We just okay. changed it up.
1: So if you don't already like us on Facebook and Instagram, ordinary to
0: extraordinary or to e journey. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.
1: Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can run the mile You can walk straight through hell with a smile You could be the hero You can get the gold Breaking all the records They thought never could be broke Yeah, do it for your people Do it for your pride You're never gonna know If you never even try Do it for your country Do it for your name Cause there's gonna be a day When you're Standing in the Hall of Fame Yeah